Welcome in. It's another edition of 10,000 Pitches, a podcast devoted to everything Minnesota soccer and beyond. What is up? Jeremy Rushing hanging out with you alongside Ethan Brandt this week. Ethan, how you doing? Uh, doing well, doing well. Um, excited to be back. Yeah, excited to have you back. You know, I, I was feeling a little lonely and I always like having somebody to bounce ideas off of. So that's when I call you. It's It's been a while. It has been too yes. long. It's been, it's been a few weeks, but uh, it's good to have you back on. We have a lot to get to, but first, of course, got to let you know, if you haven't hit that subscribe button on your preferred podcast platform, uh, please do that. That way you get notified anytime we drop a new episode. We try to drop them every Friday, but as you've probably seen, that doesn't always happen. Sometimes uh, we, we switch it up, whether we just feel like switching up or circumstances uh require us to uh so make sure you get notified when we drop a new episode whenever that is by hitting that subscribe button also leave us a rating and review i i it's i I say this every week but it was one of the more eye-opening things that i found when starting a podcast is your placements on the charts whether it's the apple podcast charts or spotify charts or whatever really the biggest factor in where your place is the amount of rating and reviews that you have so if you like the show uh, leave us a rating and review. Um, I will also make the request that if you have an iPhone and you don't utilize Apple podcast for your, uh, you know, as your preferred podcast platform that you still please go to Apple podcast and leave us a rating and review on Apple podcast, because, um, it is the number one podcast platform. And, uh, you know, the higher we chart on there, the higher we're placed on there really goes a long way towards, uh, helping maximize our listenership, our awareness, you know, how many people know about us and can listen to 10,000 pitches. Also, follow us on the socials. Ethan Brandt's doing great stuff on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at 10K Pitches. Ethan, you ready to get down to it here? Born ready, born ready. <laughs> uh, so before, before we get into the soccer news, obviously big Minnesota sports news last night. We're recording this on Thursday morning. Uh, Timberwolves draft. How do you feel about it? I know you're a big NBA guy. Yeah, you know, I, uh, I, uh, I thought they had a great... Great, uh, great night. Obviously, great draft. Uh, you know, number one pick, right? Getting Anthony Edwards. I don't know a ton about him. I don't watch a ton of college ball, but I watched, you know, 10 minutes worth of highlights and I, I'm sold. I'm sold. He seems like a good player. Um, and then along with that, they got, you know, two more guys. Um, Leandro Balmaro. Um, I, from what I read, I'm guessing he'll be staying in Barcelona one more year, but seems like a good player. And then they got Jaden McDaniels from Washington. Um, once again, he, he's like a, he's a six foot nine, big, um, big, big wingspan. Um, seems pretty like mobile, um, for a big and obviously, um, in the 2020 NBA, uh, that's what you're looking for out of your bigs, but I think, you know, the, some of the more exciting news is uh, Ricky is Ricky's coming home. Rubio is coming home. I tell you what, Wednesday started with rumors or not rumors, but a lot of speculation that a former Minnesota United star, uh, homegrown, uh, you know, lovable uh, player, uh, Christian Ramirez would potentially be coming back to Minnesota United. And it ended with, one of the most uh, beloved Timberwolves in Timberwolves history, actually in real life, coming back to the Timberwolves. Yeah, I uh, yeah, big day for Minnesota sports. Um, but no, I, I I'm excited. I think Ricky's a talented player. Obviously, he's you know liked. Um, I think it will be you know interesting now uh, 
with like, like who starts for the Wolves and like at what position, yeah. right? Like, do you, like, I'm assuming like you start, um, you start Anthony Edwards. Like I'm assuming he starts. There's no reason not to, right? <laughs> right. Like I suppose like, yeah, like he's the number one overall pick. He's got to start. And like, you know, maybe you get 30 games into the season and he gets moved to the bench if he's not performing. Obviously, hopefully that doesn't happen. Um, and then I and then you start D'Angelo Russell, obviously talented player. So I guess Ricky comes off the bench as like your backup point guard. Um, but I could also see like Ricky playing alongside um, D'Angelo just because they have two different like. Well, I'm going to disagree with you there. I think Ricky Ricky Rubio being the only true point guard this team actually has is probably the one who starts at the point. See, yeah, I guess that's the thought, right? Like, do you bring D'Angelo off the uh, off the bench? Is kind of like a just like a offensive spark plug, um, and and you kind of so then you kind of let um, Edwards and Towns kind of like uh, you know um, handle handle most of the offensive like heavy lifting with like Ricky facilitating, and then uh, D'Angelo off the bench. Like I think that's you know the question and uh, right like maybe I don't know. I think like I would still start D'Angelo just because like. I don't know. He's a talented guy. Um, so yeah, it'll be interesting, but I think this is exciting um, for the Wolves and like the direction they're heading. And, you know, obviously the NBA, it's tough. There's a lot of good teams. Um, and you look at teams like the Suns and you look at teams like the Kings and, you know, Portland, like all teams in the Western conference that like are kind of probably towards that, like uh, four to eight seed in, in the playoffs. And now the Wolves have to compete with them. Like, it'll be interesting. Yeah. It'll be a lot of fun. Um, but, uh, but no, I think overall big night, and it was a good night. Good night. Uh, Shams Sharania from Yahoo. I read a story yesterday that uh, his screen time on his phone in, like, draft week is, like, 17 hours a day. That sounds like me um, every day. Just, <laughs> just like, dude, between, like, between my uh, – between my laptop, between my phone, I feel like I just stare at a screen for like 16 hours a day. And then yeah, sometimes I feel, I feel that way too. Actually, I made a bold move. I I took the Twitter and Facebook apps off my phone. Um, So I utilize just like the browser version of them on my phone now, which both are super inconvenient and not user friendly, the browser versions. So it makes me less inclined to actually get on Twitter and Facebook, which is kind of what I was going for. Cause I had the same problem where I would just sit there and scroll through Twitter pretty much all day. I think we all kind of have that problem as sports fans and like not get much work done. And like, I got a lot going on. So it's like, uh, I needed to find a way to kind of try to cut that down. So it's been successful so far. I am starting to kind of get back into this, like dealing with the browser version of Twitter and almost on Twitter, just as much as I was before, <laughs> just on the browser version instead of the app. But it has, it has cut my time down pretty significantly. Yeah. that. You know, like more power to you. I uh, I couldn't do it. Like if you told me to get rid of Twitter, I, pff, yeah, I don't think I could do it. Uh, yeah, it's it's very tempting to just re-download the app. So we'll we'll yeah. see how long this goes. It's been it's been almost a month now. I think I'm going on three weeks. Wow, almost four. So yeah, I'm going strong. The the wow. urges have been there. The the temptation's been there, but I have I have fought it off so far. So hopefully, I can continue to do so. Yeah, I I think I like fit the the stereotypical mold of people my age where I just like sit on my phone, my laptop, not doing anything. Yeah. Yeah, you know, hey, 
it's uh it's fine you know I, fine. I will say though without twitter i think i've also found alternate ways to be unproductive with my time including like watching netflix a lot during the day or like you know streaming whatever uh but i have not watched the new show queen's gambit but i, I guess uh you have and you finished it yeah yes i i finished it what have you been watching? Like, if you haven't watched that, what have you been watching? So, uh, me and my girlfriend have Hulu, and we've actually been watching Fargo because the, okay. the new seasons of Far- new season of Fargo just came out, and it has Chris Rock in it, and she loves Chris Rock, but she wanted to get caught up on like the first three seasons first before starting of season course. four cold. So we're we're doing that, and so we're in the middle of season two now. It's tough because Fargo episodes are very long, so you have to really like sit there and get invested. You can only really watch like one maybe two at a time right. so it is taking a little while but that's kind of our main one that we're watching right now so is fargo the show based off fargo the movie there, yeah it's inspired by it but it, it is very uh, there's a lot of differences i loved fargo the movie actually i thought the movie was great um the show is pretty good too and yeah you can tell it takes inspiration from the movie but they do a good job of also making it unique Okay, you know, so I just I just googled this. I always got Fargo confused with the Ben Affleck movie from like 2012 Argo. You know what I'm talking about? <laughs> and up to this point, up to this point, I've been like so confused about by that because I hear everyone talk about Fargo, and I was like, yeah. really? Like they're based like there's a whole show about the Ben Affleck movie Argo, but um, turns I out I don't even know how to respond to that. Yeah, I know. I feel very stupid now that's, that I... That's not your best look, Ethan. That now that I've come to this realization that up to this point, I thought Argo and Fargo were the like same thing. So We're 100% leaving this in. I'm not going to edit this out. I'm sorry. Yeah, I, oof, this is tough. But, um, but anyways, yeah, no, I've heard Fargo's good. Um, Argo was not as good, I'm sure. Um, the cool but, thing about uh, Argo is it has a lot of actors and actresses that are well-known. Like season two has uh, has like Kirsten Dunst and uh, Jeffrey Donovan and uh, a bunch of other ones, the obvious ones that I'm probably missing off the top of my head right now. But like they're, they're actors that that you you know and you're you notice and there's a bunch of them, but they do a good job of pulling you in and like not just making you think all the whole time. Oh, that's Kirsten Dunst. Like they, they do a good job of playing their character and getting you invested more in the storyline and not being distracted by the fact that all these A-list actors are all acting in this one show. Okay. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Like, you know, when like, do you know what's like terrible? I feel like now, like when there's like YouTubers and like popular, like internet personalities in like movies, like that takes me out of it instantaneously. Yeah um what was the what was the guy's name uh who did like the frat bro videos on youtube and he would show up in a lot of comedies uh jimmy jimmy treo or something like that uh i can't think of his name yeah jimmy tatro okay yeah yeah he was in he was in 22 jump street that's where i know yep yep, exactly and he's gone more on the acting side now actually i think he's kind of funny uh but he was kind of the first one to kind of i think make that crossover but you're right it is kind of almost becoming like a dime a dozen now where these youtubers and like you said these like tiktokers internet personalities are like starting to show up in tv shows and movies and it's yeah it's hard for me to buy into that yeah instantaneously just like i'm just like i'm out of it um and like honestly, they're like pretty talented human beings. Like as far as like acting goes, 
but I just like I just can't like disassociate them from like what they do on the internet yeah I mean Um, there's definitely a difference between those people and like people who you know because they're great actors and actresses like yeah yeah there's definitely tears but like the internet people are still more talented than I think like the me's like the average human being, you know? Oh yeah, for sure. Um, I mean, there's, there's a reason that they don't just like stumble into, you know, 2 million YouTube subscribers. Like, exactly. There's a reason for it for sure. A- athletes also athletes in movies who aren't playing athletes. Like, like I, so I, I I've also been watching Westworld. We got HBO max and I'm well, big- I told you to watch that. I, I told you to watch that a few weeks ago. What do you think? Uh, like the first season, like was fine. Season two, not that good. Season two is tough, man. I, I, I agree. I watched like two episodes of season three where I saw Marshawn Lynch, and that was so like that was so weird. But um, <laughs> but but no, I didn't think think season three was like. I haven't even started season three. Honestly. Yeah, I, I, I I haven't heard very good things. Uh, and uh, season two was a little eh for me. I didn't hate season two by any means. Um, I thought it was all right. But when you compare to season one, like I, to me, season one was incredible. Like I loved season one. Um, and season really? two just really didn't live up to that for me. So it's hard for me to get invested enough to try to watch season three. But also I dropped my H- when HBO Go switched to HBO Max, I dropped my subscription uh, because it was the most expensive streaming service that I was uh, that I was subscribing to and it's the one I never used. So I had to cut costs somewhere. So I dropped that. So, but they're getting a lot of good stuff. So I may, I may give them another try. No, yeah. I love HBO max. Like, so like I said, they have Westworld on there. I've been watching Rick and Morty on there. That's a good one. Okay. Um, I love, I know a lot of people like Rick and Morty. That's one show I've really never, never dove into yet. Yeah. It's funny. Um, but um, they're getting the new wonder woman on uh it's coming out on Christmas. It was supposed to get a theatrical release, but obviously, like with everything going on, like that's not going to happen. Mm-hmm. Uh, so this like is probably like that nineteen eighty four or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So like the next big Wonder Woman. Yeah. And like this is like this is I think this is big. Like I think depending on how this does, I think we could see more like big movies come to like streaming services. Uh, well, that's what they did early in uh, quarantine. I remember the new Trolls movie came out on Prime. But you, so with Wonder Woman, do you get that for free with the HBO Max subscription, or do you have to pay an extra twenty or thirty bucks to rent it's it free. or whatever? From what I can tell, it's free. Now that's different. Yeah, that, that's what I mean. Like that's kind of the big like, uh, and you know so. Who knows what happens after this? You know, do more studios and movies start doing this? Um, I guess we'll see. Um, also, also on HBO Max, the 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 Schneider cut of Justice League, kind of exciting. I don't like. Yeah, Mar- I'm, you know that might be what gets me back into HBO Max. Did you see the original Justice League? No. Okay, it was bad. It was bad. Um, and like, I'm not really that into like like dc superheroes like i like I a su- so i saw batman versus superman in yeah. theaters haven't watched another dc movie since actually i take that back i i did go see suicide squad oh that was, that was equally as bad to me that, that was pretty bad uh i think it was a little bit better than batman versus superman i think batman versus superman is like 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 the worst superhero movie of all time uh, I thought Suicide Squad though was pretty bad too. So I really, I, it's hard for me to actually get invested in DC movies. Like I haven't seen Aquaman. Uh, the original Wonder Woman, I guess, is the only one I really liked. 
Um, yeah, that, other, that was a good movie. That, uh, I, I really, it's hard for me to get invested. Yeah, same here. There, there's not much. There's not much there. But the Schneider cut that or like, yeah, the Schneider cut, I guess what they're calling it. Like, I'm kind of excited. Like, I saw they dropped a new trailer for that. Do you know when the show actually drops? Uh, I think early next year. Okay. Um, that, might, that might be what gets me into HBO Max. Then. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. It'll be, it's something, right? It's something new. It's like something high budget and new, which we haven't gotten a lot of recently. So how about Hulu live, uh, raising their price 64.99. Yeah. I saw that. It's, That's, it's cheaper to get cable now. Pretty but much. You might as well get cable at this point. Well, yeah, no, I, I did see that. That is unfortunate. But yeah, I don't even like have live TV right now. Like they don't even have like the local Fox or whatever sports channels. Yeah, I saw that as well. Like, so it's like why? Like, what's the pull? Like, what's the what's the selling point at that point? Right? Maybe right. like a hair cheaper than cable, but it's also a lot more. Like, there's a lot of convenience factors that do come with cable that you know make it worth the the few extra bucks maybe at this point. You know, when back when YouTube TV and Hulu Live were like 49 bucks a month, like that's worth it, right? But $64.99? Ridiculous. That's rough. Yeah, we we yeah, we should we should move on. We can I feel like we complain every every time I'm on about <laughs> dreaming, right? Fair enough. Every every time. Um, uh, so I should get into some soccer news here. Uh, as the news we broke to you uh, about a month or so ago when we were on the podcast, we were the ones who broke the news, nowhere else, that Ryan Reynolds was looking into buying a uh, fourth division, fifth division uh, club in England, Wrexham AFC. And he, uh, he pulled the trigger and actually got the deal done. Yes. Ryan Reynolds um, and also his... Um, Rob McKenley as well, along with Ryan Reynolds. Yep. The, the, the vote went through from Wrexham. Uh, 98%, um, according to ESPN, like people voted in favor of the takeover. Um, they promised to put 2 million, um, I think, pounds um, into the club like right away here. Um, so yeah, I know. I think this is exciting. And, yeah. um, and I think... Um, you know, maybe this uh, will happen more frequently, right? Like big names start um, connecting themselves to uh, soccer clubs. Um, I think in the for the case in like America for it to happen, like why wouldn't, you know, Ryan Reynolds buy, you know, some, you know, Duluth FC or what have you. Like I would guess it just mainly has to do with like that path to like, the top division, right? Like yeah. you buy Wrexham, they, they, they can eventually work their way up to the premier league. You buy, you know, Duluth FC or what have you, like They're there's no, PSL, yeah. yeah, there's no pass to the MLS. Like, so um, at least that's what I was thinking. That's just kind of what I was thinking about where like, yeah, and that, that, that makes sense to me too. Um, I, I like this. I think, you know, it can only help raise the profile of soccer, like, to people here in America, like not necessarily raise the profile of American soccer, but just raise the help raise the profile of the sport in general as it pertains to the interests that Americans have in it, right? Exactly, and and yeah, that that is, that's exciting. So um, hopefully this all goes well, and hopefully we see you know Wrexham in the Premier League. Uh, that would be cool. 
sooner than rather than later or even just like you know league one championship you know being able to actually like watch a Wrexham game yeah like, like yeah, yeah crack yeah. stream it or whatever right exactly yeah that'd be that'd be cool uh all right let's move on it's think it's almost thanksgiving time uh one of my favorite holidays obviously taking a bit of a damper this year due to uh you know covid restrictions and you know uh, large gatherings kind of not, not being able to take place because of the spread and the current situation that we're in. Uh, how are you going to be celebrating Thanksgiving this year, Ethan? Um, yeah, I'm, I'm going home. Uh, and, uh, yeah, you know, just doing normal Thanksgiving, uh, stuff. Um, I guess, um, normally our family isn't like the traditional Thanksgiving, uh, food eaters, because okay. like what do you guys eat? uh like normally we just order stuff like up to this point like because it's just like so much more convenient no we don't even really like thanksgiving food that much like it's not bad but like i don't need like turkey you know i don't need like an immense amount of turkey yeah. or you know what have you like it's fine but there's better food out there mm-hmm. um no offense to the to the thanksgiving like loyalists um but, uh, but yeah, you know, overall, like, I don't know, I'd probably say it's a top three holiday. Like, it's just, yeah, it's you know, one of my favorites. And for the reasons, unfortunately, that we can't celebrate this year, like, like, I have a huge extended family. Uh, my mom has seven brothers and sisters. And overall, there's like 22 of us cousins. And now there's, you know, all the cousins are having kids now, too. And so it's, it's, it's a huge family thing. And it's like the one time all year that I get to see my entire family which is cool. Uh, but this year, obviously it's going to be a little bit different and, and we're not going to be traveling back home. My parents are not going to be traveling here. We're going to be hanging out with, uh, with Ashley's, uh, well, we haven't decided yet because I know the re- the recommendations are to keep it in your own immediate family. Yeah. Uh, but Ashley's parents help us out with the kids a lot already. And we're already kind of exposed to them on a regular basis. Yeah. Right. So right. We, you know, we're thinking about maybe going over there, but we're also considering just kind of doing our own thing with, with us two and the kids. So um, it's either just going to be us and Ashley's parents or just us. So we'll see. Well, once again, like on a, on a completely like, like I like Thanksgiving for like a completely different reason where like, you know, normally like the call of duty, like in my, in my, in my past years, right. Like the call of duty comes out like late October. And then like, so Thanksgiving, like, you know, in middle school, high school, like, that's that like first big break to just like sit around for like, you know, four days straight, just playing like Call of Duty nonstop. And yeah. um, because of that, I have great memories of Thanksgiving, of just <laughs> sitting, sitting alone, playing Call of Duty and occasionally going to like grab something to eat and then like returning to play Call of Duty. That's, so no, that's not a bad Thanksgiving. I think there are wor- far worse ways to spend Thanksgiving, to be honest. Exactly. Exactly. And I, and like, the idea of having to like, you know, put on like a pair of khakis and a flannel to go like sit around with extended family and eat like for some people, I understand like that. That's like that's like the peak Thanksgiving. But for me, you know, just like. Call of Duty, that, that like was going it. five wide on a couch that seats normally three people trying to comfortably watch football. Oh, exactly. Yeah. Oh, like one guy's asleep. Oh, of course. Yeah. Just the worst. And like, try, probably trying to like awkwardly like bounce around, like 
various political like conversations oh, that, oh, yeah, that's the worst. that that's one the guy has to bring up you know exactly exactly yep uh, and there's always like there's always the one person and in my family it's me that just goes up and keeps getting food like thirds fourths fifths and it's yeah, like, yeah okay yeah yeah and you're is, like is everyone... the reason is the sole reason there's not like a ton of leftovers left yeah and everyone kind of hates you for it yep. like they're just like, ah, this guy, like, and you probably only brought like the, the, the fruit tray. The like you, didn't even... you brought a bag of tortilla chips. Yeah. You didn't bring anything good and you continue <laughs> to eat all the good stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Pe- people hate that guy. That, that's awful. That's, that's me. That's me for sure. I'm that or, guy when it comes to Thanksgiving, but. Or how about like the, the, the Black Friday, like, pe- so like obviously Black Friday, I'm like a fan more just for the experience than the actual deals, mm-hmm. but like. Like the people that like, you know, they're coming. Get up at 3 a.m. Yeah, yeah. And line at Kmart. Yeah, they're at Kohl's so they can get $15 off a Dyson. Mm -hmm. Um, But like those people that show up with like, you know, four, like like five to 10 magazines and like six newspapers with all the coupons. And they have like, they have it sprawled out everywhere, just like looking for coupons. And they're like, you know, like asking other people like questions and stuff, just like, just the worst, just the worst. I worked at, uh, I worked at Kmart and that was my, that was my job in high school and had to work a couple Black Fridays. And that, that was uh, not an enjoyable experience. It wasn't terrible, honestly, but man, like we would literally, we would open at like, I think we opened at six, 6 a.m. And as the people were walking in, we would just like throw carts at them. Like we would just take the carts and just like push them out into the entryway so people could get their carts and go. Like it was, it was wild. It was almost inhuman. Yeah. I, uh, yeah, I, uh, um, one time I like, I went to Target for Black Friday and like, yeah, after like, you know, almost getting stampeded in like the electronic section, like and because you know like you know there's those people that like they want to save the 30 dollars on the the 32 inch uh you know sony yeah um yeah no i ended up we like stood in line for like i don't know an hour and a half just to get like two candles because they were like buy one get one free and like cat litter because it was five percent off or just something (laughs) ridiculous like that but like it was kind of fun you know yeah Um, uh and Honestly, it, it was an experience more than anything, right? It makes for a good story too. Exactly. Like that that's that's why you go, not because you actually are like that invested in Honestly, I think for the better, this this year may may kind of uh be the end of traditional Black Friday shopping, which I hope. Like I, I went um I went last year, like Black Friday shopping to like a couple yeah. places. And like honestly, like the deals are better online anyways. Like yeah. Yeah, they're really incentivizing online shopping. And obviously this year for, for obvious reasons. But yeah, over the last few years, they really have started to do that too. Yeah, it's almost pointless to actually like go into the store because like you'll probably be able to get it cheaper online and you don't need like to get like mean mugs by like <laughs> various like, like- You don't need to square up with somebody to, over, a, over a 40 inch television. Right, I'm not getting tackled for, uh, for like a, a weighted blanket that's, you know, $10 off. <laughs> but um so true but but yeah like but it will be disappointing now that like it's not happening for them well like I don't plan on going just because like yeah like you said like it'll be it'll be nuts so 
Yeah. Um, well, let's move on and actually uh, talk about the topic that this this podcast is supposed to be about, and that's soccer-related topics here in the Twin Cities. Wait, wait! Before we move on, you didn't get like you didn't get a PS5 or Xbox. No, not yet. I'm waiting. You're uh, gonna get one though. Like for I, sure. I plan on getting one of the. I plan on getting the new Xbox, whatever the cheaper one is, like the S or the X or whatever. yeah, like. Yeah. Okay, well, that's cool. So, I don't, I don't know if I'm gonna get one, but I did want to touch on that. I don't, know, I don't know when. Could be a month from now. Could be four months from now. But I do plan on getting it at some point. Because they look cool and they look fun, and I don't have one. Yeah. And I see everyone else has them, and they they look fun and cool. Yeah, I see uh, I see Jay Adams on Twitter talking about his new PS5 all the time. It does make me a little bit jealous that I'm not in the I'm not in the next gen yet, but working. Yeah, on. I'm I'm still in the old gen. Like I don't even want to get the new Call of Duty on my like PS4 because it's like, what's the point? Like mm-hmm. everyone's just gonna laugh at me. They're just like, oh, look at you, PS4. Look at this like, guy. Yeah, you'll, you'll be in the lobby trying to play online and nobody's gonna be there exactly yeah ex- like they're gonna have cross play but like all the ps5 guys are just gonna be like oh like oh, this guy. yeah i don't know like i I'm, i don't know and the new call of duty looks fun though just getting constantly insulted by nine-year-olds yeah 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 i don't know maybe, yeah maybe i won't get it now like the call of duty <laughs> <I'll> just... <laughs> yeah I, I don't think i could take that ribbing for uh, however long I could either we'll see Anyway, uh, soccer. Yeah, soccer-related stuff. Uh, so uh, if you guys don't know who Derek Swanson is, he's uh, he op- just opened up a spot in Minneapolis called Ninth Street Soccer and Coffee. Uh, it's basically like this indoor soccer facility that also will, will double as a coffee shop. They don't have the coffee shop open yet. Uh, but I, I got invited to go by Derek, and so I went last night, Wednesday night, um, wasn't sure what to expect. I had seen the renderings, but there weren't any like actual pictures of what it looked like. Um, and it is still, it's still very much in construction. Uh, but they do have the whole soccer facility aspect of it set up. Um, when I got there, there was like a, a Somali girls league that was playing, uh, which was really cool to see that, see that. And then there was a, there was an adult men's league that, that was there right as I was leaving. So, um, they, they do have, they did have the facility open now. Unfortunately, timing is really bad because last night, Wednesday night, was also when the governor announced his new restrictions for COVID-19, which unfortunately impacts Ninth Street Soccer and Coffee, and they're going to have to pause for four weeks due to those restrictions. Uh, but I was texting with Derek last night after I got back. He, he sees it as a positive in terms of like being able to like really get their processes down and take their time on when the, you know how they're going to implement the new things and, and get everything together. So... Um, he's definitely looking on the bright side of it, which is great. Um, but this place is, is really cool. Um, you know, so like I said, they, they have like rec men's, women's, boys and girls leagues that come in and, and, and play. Um, they have designated weekly time for like pickup games and open gym and stuff like that. And, and I was talking about this. Actually, I was so excited, Ethan. I called you from my car after I got, after I got out of there. This space is humongous. And there's so much room for expansion and growth. And Derek filled me in on some plans that I'm not 100% sure I can, you know, talk about on the record. So I'm not going to do that. But when this place is done, it is going to be unreal. And I'm super excited for it. Yeah, it, um, from what you said, yeah, yesterday when you called me, uh, it looked awesome. 
Um, if you Google it, the renderings are up. I don't know if we can like, like, I don't know. I'm sure we'll tweet them out. I'm pretty sure we can tweet the renderings. Like they're on yeah, Google. No, yeah, that's, that's public information. So yeah, yeah like the renderings look nuts and obviously it's not there yet, but like when it does get there, it'll be nuts. Um, and it'll yeah, be, you know, it'll be the first of its kind, but not something that's so niche and so unique that like nobody's going to go like it's yeah. very, it, it's, it's very cool. Yeah, it, and I think, you know, um, indoor facilities like this are, you know, so important. And um, obviously they're expensive and um, there's, there's not a ton of them for that reason. Um, so having, you know, just like options like this, and I know there is other like indoor options in the Twin Cities. Like, I don't know them all off the top of my head, but I know there's other ones. But um, like, I think the more indoor facilities, the better, especially, you know, being in Minnesota um, where it is cold for so long and there's snow on the ground. So, you know, you can't um, go out to the field, train, practice, play games, what have you. Um, having something like this, um, you know, available for, for adults, like that's great, but obviously for the kids then as well, for they, so they can continue to, you know, play and, um, you know, grow as players, um, meet new people. Um, the soccer community continue, continue to like expand and grow. That's all obviously very exciting. And, yeah, um, and the vision that Derek has for this place is pretty awesome. It was honestly inspiring for me too. Um, when I left there last night, it, it, it like inspired me to like you know pursue potentially new projects and things I want to do on the content side of of 10K and, and potentially other ventures. So it, it was cool to hear kind of his his background and, and how he feels about the space and what he sees for the space. And he's already hearing from people uh, specifically in the Somali community, which is where a lot of their leagues and, and, and pickup games and a lot of the people come, you know, where they come from to, to come to this place to play um, that, you know, there are people that, that come to play soccer there that, that wouldn't have anywhere else to go otherwise. And, you know, are, are scared to think about what they would be doing with their time if they didn't have this place to come to. And the fact that this place has only been open for four to four or six weeks, I can't remember exactly what he said, but it's only been open for a, a month, a month and a half. And it's already having this kind of impact on the community. I mean, just, just, just imagine what, what that's going to look like, you know, three, six, nine months, a year down the line. Like it, it's amazing to think about that aspect of it too. Yeah, it is. It's really cool. And um, yeah, if you can, you know, um, I think, you know, kids being involved in athletics at any age is huge you know whether it be you know elementary school middle school high school whatever um you know being involved in your school but like also outside of your school is just so important and so good for you know growth uh you know socially and and uh, you know physically as well but um yeah it's huge and super exciting and uh uh yeah can't wait for like it to you know kind of reopen and um it'll be it'll be awesome a couple more things I just wanted to mention about it too. Uh, it sounds like it's going to be almost like a, a cultural experience too, for anybody going there, because like I said, you have, you have the, the leagues with primarily, you know, small individuals, but there's also, um, you know, Latino leagues that play there and just all different. There's a lot of different cultures that come here to this place to play that if, if you, you know, go there and play yourself, you're, you're going to be exposed to a lot of those different cultures. And, and I think we all know that, the, the more you can, you know, talk and have conversations with individuals in other cultures and from other backgrounds, it only helps, you know, positively expand your, your thinking and, and, and how you view the world. 
too. And that to think about like the small soccer and coffee shop in Minneapolis, having those kind of ramifications and that kind of impact on the community, you know, we're already seeing it and just, just maximizing, you know, think about how that can be maximized over time is, is amazing. Yeah, it is. It's exciting. Um, in, um, in less important uh, news, do we know what kind of like, like what, what's the coffee aspect looking like? Is it going to be like a, so they're like gonna, yeah. So it's going to be like, like when you, it's hard for me to describe the aesthetics of it, but so right now it's very much under construction, wooden boards and, and, you know, very, very bonesy right now. But um, so you walk in to the, to the main entrance and you, it has garage doors that, that lead you into the soccer area. But then off to the right is like this lobby and congregation area. And that's where they're going to have like high tables and they have, they're gonna have like a coffee bar all set up. They have the coffee bar built. They just need to, you know, uh, you know, put the final touches on it. Um, there's going to be like a coffee bar with high tables and they're going to be selling coffee in that area. So it's going to be, you know, for the parents of the kids who are playing or like, you know, people who are done playing, this is not a place. This is not sound like a place where you just go, you play your game and then you leave. Like this really sounds like a place where you spend a lot of time and you develop friendships and relationships and really get to know the other people who are coming here as well as the people who are working there too. Right. Right. Um, that's awesome. I, like so, I'm assuming it's not just going to be like like a like a Starbucks, right? No, no, no. They're going to bring in like actual like. Um, no, it's not going to be. Yeah, it's not going to be a Starbucks coffee shop. It's not going to be a Caribou coffee shop. It's going to be an independence. You know, they're going to get coffee beans and grounds from different types of cultures and and different different places. Um, so it's no, it's going to be a coffee shop that's very much their own. Okay, great. Um... Not, not to say I'm not a big Starbucks fan, because I'm, yeah. I'm a big Star- Starbucks fan. Starbucks is good. Uh, you know, uh, Caribou's good. You know, Car- there, there, there's, oh, there's, love Caribou. there's a um, time and a place for those types of places, but this is definitely going to be more of like an independence. Right. Uh, yeah, that's that's what I see. Separate from those, for sure. Um, but yeah, no, it's very exciting, very cool. Um, and, and I think the plan is to have like additional uh interviews and you know content as far as like visually showing off um you know what it's looking like uh in the future here at 10k um obviously yeah, yeah you'll definitely weeks. hear more about ninth street soccer and if you go to ninth street soccer you'll hear more about 10k there's we're definitely gonna have very much a partnership with this place so we plan on having very much a partnership with this place i actually showed up yesterday with all my interviewing interview equipment and microphones and stuff ready to interview uh and with with there not being much of a, a space to conduct an interview right now, as like I said, it's very much in the process of being built out. Um, and with, with the restrictions that, that were potentially being handed down last night and the timing not being so great with that, I, I decided to kind of, kind of delay that portion of it. And actually, we will get an interview with Derek and the guys at Ninth Street very, very soon on this podcast. Um, but I, I just really, going in, I kind of called an audible and just kind of wanted to take in everything and take in, you know, have an actual conversation with Derek that was a little bit off the record uh, and just kind of get his vision on everything and, and what he saw for the space and how he, how he sees this whole thing progressing, which I think was the right move because like I said, not only did it open my eyes to what he was doing, but it inspired me too to, you know, take further steps and, and gave me a little bit extra motivation to sort of, uh, you know, give back to the local soccer community too. So that's, that's awesome. Yeah. Very exciting. Looking forward to, you know, being there and uh, 
continuing yeah. to uh, you know create content around them, but also just playing there. And uh, yeah, it'll be it'll be awesome. There's one really really cool thing that he told me about that I cannot. Unfortunately, I don't. I'm, I'm about 95% sure I can't talk about it in, in, in specifics. But there's one unique aspect of this place that is going to be, or they have plans to put in that is going to be just off the walls, insane, like amazing. So I'm, <laughs> I'm really excited for that to sort of come to fruition and for you guys to see what that is, because this is something unlike anything that you'll see in the Twin Cities anywhere. Are they going to? Are they going to have a PS5 unlike us? Is that what it was? Yes, that's what it is. Okay. That's what I thought. They're going to have a PS5. Putting it out there. Sorry, okay. Derek. We, we, we put the information out there. I know it was off the record. You told me about the PS5, but now that information's out there. So. All right. I knew it. I knew it. I'm excited. Just filling the beans. Um, all right, let's move on to some actual lower league headlines. Like I said, uh, you'll hear a lot more about Ninth Street Soccer and Coffee, you know, on this podcast moving forward. But um, lower league headlines. So I don't know if you saw this, Ethan, but Minneapolis City actually actually published their year in review piece. They do this annually. I believe this is the third year in a row that they've done it. And not only is it on their website, but uh, they have allowed protagonist soccer, the lower league soccer media outlet, to kind of pick that up and put that on their website too. And this is just like a really cool in-depth look on the the financials and the inner workings of a lower league soccer club and this year obviously an extra wrinkle in there was covid and there not being any actual on-field competition and how they tried to navigate that whole process and meet a budget and uh you know uh, fulfill income requirements that that they needed and stuff like that it's just if you haven't read this from john bizworm um it's up at mplscitysc.com and also uh protagonistsoccer.com too just an amazing in-depth outlook on on how this this club operates and the different things challenges you know uh aspects that go into it that you don't even really think about but that that they have to navigate especially in a year like this yeah, no, I, uh, I scrolled through it and, um, and yeah, that is really interesting. And it, it shows you a lot of things you probably don't think about on like a daily basis um, as far as like lower league clubs go and, and kind of, you know, uh, highlights the contrast between uh, a lower league club and um, a major league or like a, like a pro team, um, the kind of the difference there and how they uh, navigate that budget wise, uh, especially. Yeah. And talk about the margins being thin. I mean, here's their initial budget that they had for 2020. Um, they had a budget of $113,147. That's expenses. And that included game day, you know, facilities, travel, you know, all the stuff that would go into a normal, normal NPSL season. Their revenue, expected revenue, 114115 that's less than a thousand dollars difference between the revenue and the expenses. You talk about the margins being thin, you know, that's, that's about as thin as it gets. Yeah, that is the razor thin. Um, and uh, yeah, then obviously you factor in, you know, uh, what the virus did to, uh, you know, teams and not being able to play and such. And I'm, I'm sure that uh, had quite the effect. Yeah. So they re, re- ended up reworking the budget um, and you know, when you take out game day, you take out all that stuff, you know, 
came up with a budget or with expenses of about $72,000 and then revenue of about $76,000. So while their plan was to make far more on the bottom, you know, was, was to kind of make more on the bottom line, you're still missing about half of the revenue that you were expecting to get or almost half of the revenue that you were expecting to get in this season, which is, you know, not, not ideal. Yeah, it, uh, yeah, it's been wild. Um, and I'm sure, you know, this uh, holds true for kind of every club um, across the, uh, across the country and, and I guess the world. Right. But um, yeah, it's really interesting to get like a full breakdown uh, kind of, you know, visually and in, uh, in writing. And then they came out with a worst case scenario too, which would have been put them in the red $14,000. And so I'm not sure at the end of the year, what that's actually going to look like, but you're talking about, you know, you know, a $14,000 loss for a team with already razor, razor thin margins, you know, that could be catastrophic. Uh, and, you know, just, just navigating all of that is, is insane to think about and stressful. And not to mention that this is no, you know, it's none of these guys full-time jobs to work with this team, right? This is all vol- basically volunteer work that they're doing in addition to their actual jobs. So to take on this extra stress and this extra anxiety and, and thinking about this while you're also trying to work a full-time job, unfathomable, honestly, to me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's super impressive what these guys and, and girls uh, were, have been able to do to, uh, to, yeah, to, to keep this afloat and uh, continue just like, you know, be like probably like the most, you know, well-known and well-ran uh, lower league club in Minnesota. So yeah, if you want to read this year in review, I, I would I would highly recommend it. This is again just an uh, eye-opening outlook on what it's like to run a team in any year. But when you factor in COVID and and, and no on-field competition, it makes it all the more intriguing and interesting to look at. So just go to mplscsc.com or go to Protagonist Soccer uh, to to check it check it out. It's it's awesome. Uh, very good work there by John and everybody over at Minneapolis City SC to sort of keep uh, keep things afloat and getting us this kind of information. You know, not many teams would be very willing to divulge this kind of information. So the fact that they are willing to kind of put it all out there, that's that's really, really cool. Definitely, definitely. Uh, so in addition to putting out this year in review piece, the Crows have been busy adding to their coaching and technical staff, uh, a few new members, including the first two women to coach in the NPSL North director of goalkeeping, Allie Lipscher, who was on the podcast last week. If you want to listen to that, uh, she was, she was uh, put on board and as was new assistant coach, Tori Burnett. And, uh, yeah, they're the first two women to join a, a NPSL North coaching staff, which, Allie and I were kind of talking about this. It's weird that in 2020, we're still talking about, oh, they're the first ever women to do this, first ever women to do that. You know, hopefully sooner rather than later, we can get to a point where that's, that's no longer the case and it no longer really has to be a big deal, you know? Yeah, definitely. It, it is weird. Like, that's a great point that like here in 2020, that that's like even a talking point. Because um, like you wouldn't expect, or like, I don't know, like you wouldn't want to expect that, right? So yep. um, yeah, and hopefully, yeah, in the future, this... Um, uh, you see more, you know, uh, of, I guess, um, I don't know, like the mi- minority groups represented um, throughout, um, throughout the game at all levels. And then finally here on the lower league headline fronts, uh, we don't really dive too much into high school soccer, 
but uh, Kaya Harper, who's a Centennial High School and MTA product, she earned Minnesota's Miss Soccer, uh, which is the best girls soccer player in the state. And she is also signed to play college here in the Twin Cities at the U, University of Minnesota. So very, very, uh, very good week for her, not only earning that honor, but also signing on the dotted line to play for the Gophers. Yeah, that, that's awesome. That's awesome for her. And, um, and I know that's kind of um, the case for a lot of high school players right now, just like across the nation, like there's, you know, like kind of the seasons are wrapping up and they're starting to kind of receive those awards. Like I know uh, one guy from my high school, um, I think he was a freshman when I was a senior, like he just got like, uh, f- like the, the best player in the conference award, like first team all conference. Um, and it's really exciting. And like, you know, at, you know, any award you get at any level, right. Um, especially in high school, that's awesome for them. Cause like, obviously, you know, high school players work extremely hard to like, um, to get to that, uh, position and, um, and that's exciting. Um, and it's even, it's even more exciting when you can like sign for, you know, college and I'm assume assuming that was like her preferred option to go to Minnesota and, uh, but on, on, you know, a similar front, um, I understand there's probably a lot of kids that like, you know, who didn't get those awards, didn't get those accolades and um, that it, it hurts, right? Like, you know, see, like having people your own age, like do great things and go sign, you know, to D1 schools and all this and that. And uh, that's discouraging, but, um, but I do think it's important, you know, like, you know, if you still want to keep playing, right? Like there's still um, opportunity out there um, at different levels. So it is worth pursuing and just like, keeping your head up and continuing to play and just continuing to, you know, work as hard as you can to ultimately achieve like whatever goal, uh, whatever goal you have, you know, especially like when you're in high school, you have, you have so much time, you're so young uh, and there's so much opportunity out there. Definitely. All right. Ethan Brandt, thank you so much for your uh, time. I appreciate it. And uh, maybe we'll have you back next week. We'll see. Hey, I got a lot of time. I'm, I'm headed home for break now and I will be at home until like the end of winter break because we're all online after Thanksgiving. But anyways, but yeah, no, thank you for having me again or having me back on, I guess. It was awesome. Always a lot of fun. All right. Have a good one, man. Yep. You too. Thank you.